1: Dr. Jeremy Weiss here, host of the process breakdown podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks and giving your staff everything they need to be successful at their job. Ben, I like to point to past episodes. Uh, past episodes, um, some of my favorites, I mean, they're all, they're all great, but, uh, David Allen of getting things done was really good. Michael Gerber of the E-Myth was really good. And there, there's just many, many more. There was a, Another one with um, a lady that owns a dentist office. She just talked about all of the systems and processes. And it's really the stuff that makes things work, right? And and we'll talk about that today. And I'll introduce formally Ben Carlson in a second. But before I do, this episode is brought to you by Sweet Process. So if you've had the same team, you know, team members in general ask you the same questions over and over again, and it may be the 10th time you spent explaining it, well, there's actually a better way. There is a solution. It's called Sweet Process. It's a software that makes it drop dead easy to train and onboard new staff and save time with existing staff. And I was asking Ben, uh, one of the founders, Owen, like who uses the software, right? And he's like, well, you know, universities, banks, hospital software companies use them. But what I realized from talking to him that actually there's first responder government agencies that use them in life or death situations to run their operations. I'm like, well, that'd be cool to tell people. Um, so you can use sweet process to document all the repetitive tasks that eat up your precious time. So you can focus on growing your team and you can sign up for a free 14 day trial, no credit cards required. You can go to sweetprocess.com, process.com sweet, like candy S W E E T process.com today, as I mentioned, we have Ben Carlson. Uh, he's director of operations at total mechanical. And, uh, he also is a a amazing golfer. Uh, if you're watching the video, there's a trophy behind him. But, uh, Ben, thanks for joining me. And thanks for having me on. You know, there's a topic I want to talk about with you, okay? Um, which is this kind of idea of momentum and how small changes over time lead to significant growth. But we were talking before we hit record about, um, a growth opportunity that your company has and talk about the growth opportunity And exploring that growth opportunity.
2: Yeah. So uh, my company, Total Mechanical has been around for, you know, 40 years. I was just recently brought on a few years back, but for most of the time, we just did new construction or tenant improvement or, you know, like remodels or repair work. But, you know, every time we build one of these new buildings or we do a tenant expansion, our clients were always like excited about it. And at the end, they say, Oh, can you, can we hire you for a service contract? You know, to take care of this building and the system that you've built them. Yeah. And we've always, you know, it's a little bit messier getting in, involved in service. And so we've never done that until you know, we never felt like we could do a good job at it. And then about two years ago, we kind of finally caved and said, well, maybe we have enough of these that we could maybe piece together a department. And so as we pieced this department together two years ago, I realized, well, we have enough to maintain part of a department. But if we want to actually turn this into a service where we, can, where we can do better for our clients or expand this piece of the company. We're going to need to not just rely on our construction side. We're going to have to actually go out and get new new clients that just want service. And maybe we can mm-hmm. use that to maybe feed more clients
1: into our uh, construction side. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. What's interesting is, so just to be clear, you guys help with the, all the kind of the infrastructure of the HVAC and plumbing. In some of these developments, like hospitals, commercial spaces, well, how else would you explain so people kind of understand more about exactly what you do?
2: Yeah, so you know we do plumbing systems. So the same kind of kind of systems that are in your house or in buildings everywhere, and we we install those and take care of them. But um, you know, there's a lot of specialty systems that you, that you don't think about, like you know in um, there could be situations where you need vacuum systems where the, you know the entire waste system's under pressure, um, where you can't have logs or overflows happen, like in you know, uh, hospitals or in prisons or things like that, where there's additional risks to having stuff overflowing or, or water damage. There's big pieces of equipment that require cooling, like MRIs and, and things like that, that are you know multiple millions of dollars a piece that require piped in uh, chilled water, right? Um, and then you can also think about systems like, uh, when the doctor connects in, in a surgery center, the the vacuum system where they're, you know, using to clean, you know, clean blood or.
1: You, you know, cannot blood. have that breaking down. <laughs> I mean, if that breaks down, someone's on the table open, that's, that's a serious problem.
2: Yeah. So the systems are redundant, but every so often one will get clogged and that's usually, uh. The technicians in the field, all they all draw straws for who has to go and clog it. Well,
1: how does that work? You actually have to, to get in there and and we're talking like blood and stuff like that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah,
2: it's, uh, they call it acid waste.
1: So can next time they wear a GoPro and like we can all watch along with them? <laughs> have you ever
2: I'm thought about doing that?
1: <laughs>
2: you know, it, yeah, it's not really something you'd want to go watch that and, uh, you know, the waste side of plumbing is, you know, doesn't get a lot of doesn't get talked about a lot.
1: I think you should throw that in the ring. Okay, we're putting in a GoPro on the next person who draws this to unclog this thing. Um, so, thanks for giving an idea of that. It's it's really it's a specialty within a specialty, right? And so when I say things like um, the small changes over time that lead to significant growth, what what do you think of when we think of small changes?
2: Well, you know, in the, you know, the construction industry is really hesitant to change or adopt new technology. And so I look at like, you know, over the past, you know, 10 years, if if you reround some of the businesses that we work with and even us in some aspects, 10 years, almost nothing has changed. We're still using Excel managed projects. We're still using the same email apps. We're still using Word documents that we email back and forth, right? Um, and, you know, and 10 years ago when a lot of these new, productivity things have come out we always say oh well it's not specifically designed for construction it's not going to work you know so when i think about small changes i think about hey like let's just push the envelope forward 5% here uh, on something and stop looking for this silver bullet and let's just focus every day on you know making these processes a little bit better
1: what have you been seeing that you've over the past several years you implemented these small changes what would be some examples that you felt led to, you know, some significant growth?
2: Yeah. So, you know, our our accounting department is a good one because there's no, you know, there aren't a lot of construction accounting software that's like specifically designed for our size of company and our specialty of company. And so, um, really focusing down and looking at like, Hey, what's, you know, our accounting solution doesn't have an option for like, um, electronically managing, uh, you know, like the coding of invoices and things like that. So how can we just either create that system inside ourselves or purchase another system and layer it on top so that, you know, we can you know, capture some of this time savings and efficiency of being able to process this digitally instead of looking for a new accounting system or trying to petition our current one to add it?
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of technology, software, product efficiency side. Um, what are some of the technology and software that you rely on and like to use?
2: Um, you know, so Microsoft Power Automate has been a big, you know, big help recently and in, in kind of getting into using that. We started experimenting with uh Notion uh a little bit and, you know, being able to put our, you know, you know, our, our documentation and publish it really quickly um and have it a- access to everybody. Um and then in addition to that, we have um in, in the field we've been exploring this concept of um uh, 3D design and, uh, using these, the Trimble systems to, um, help, help efficiency in the, in the field where we, once we've built, once we've kind of designed a project or when we receive the plans, we'll create a three dimensional mo- model of it in the office and then maybe we'll be some of it um, before we head it out to the field.
1: So has that type of software been around a long time or has that been adopted lately?
2: Uh, within the past, you know, five or so years, it's been adapted. So
1: any other, you know, when we talk about the idea of momentum, any other small changes that come to mind, you said the accounting piece that um, you feel has been a game changer. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think uh employee development, you know, a company our size, we've got about, you know, 35 people in the office and maybe about a hundred, a hundred to 150 in the field. And when you're a company, this kind of size, it's hard to justify hiring, you know, or, hiring somebody just to do employee development or hiring a coach or, you know, especially with the, you know, the kind of fast paced construction environment where it's kind of this boom bust cycle that you don't necessarily know what, when it's going to be busy and when it's not um, just taking time and focusing on, Hey, let's, in, instead of trying to like plan some retreat altogether or hire somebody to, to do, you know, professional development coaching, let's just, you know, focus on spending 30 minutes a week, you know, doing something or creating some program for our employees or telling our employees, giving them a certain amount of time each week just to, you know, focus on what they want uh to be developed on.
1: What is works as far as that? What programs have people liked or what have they chosen to do?
2: We uh we started out a few years back. We had uh you know, we bought a subscription to Linda, uh Lynda dot com that training program and that makes results. A lot of you know, a lot of people like the idea of having this available training, but it, you know, uh other than a few use cases, people didn't, you know, people didn't really utilize it. So we experimented with a few other things and eventually we landed on this idea of like, uh, professional development book club. Hmm. So like we'll just organize a few of these book clubs and we'll take recommendations from people on, Hey, what are some books that you've heard, heard about that you want to read? Um, that are somewhat related to pro- professional development. And so it just. You know, you kind of hold their feet to a fire a little bit when you say, "Hey, if, if this is the book you want to choose, let's do it." And here's the reading schedule. And we get together and we talk about it a few times. And we talk about, you know, you know a couple thirty minute meetings every other week um, just to talk about what our takeaways have been from that book and you know, how we can in- implement them in the workspace. And um, a lot, we've seen a lot of people not only wanting to participate in that, but then also wanting going and starting their own groups within the company.
1: What were some of the books that were popular?
2: Uh, Turn the ship around by uh, L. David Marquette was extremely popular. Fierce conversations was really good. And, you know, those two have been the biggest, uh, you know, you've gotten the most positive feedback on those kind of two books.
1: How do you run the meeting? So people are showing up 30 minutes. Are they in person? Are they on Zoom? You know, how many people are participating in that?
2: So we'll try to keep the group small, maybe five or less people. And then, um, Traditionally, it's been in person, but lately it's you know been on zoom and then uh, we usually designate a facilitator, which is usually me or you know somebody else that has either read the book before or gone or attended some of these classes and then we'll you know open it up to open up the floor and say hey you know what what did what stood out to you from from the book what have you been working on and then typically the facilitator will bring just one or two questions or you know thoughts that they had on the book and then at, like uh, we're big on like everybody coming away with it with a challenge for themselves to work on for the next couple of weeks and then reporting back on the next meeting kind of how that how that went.
1: I want to talk about Ben a Mythbuster for a yeah. second. Okay. And I would love to hear what you know, some of the things you've learned in this industry that maybe um you didn't know that surprised you. Uh, we were talking before we hit record and we you were saying, you know, when you pass those big plants and you see this, this white stuff going into the air. Um, I, I always thought it was just like pollution from a factory. Okay. That's what I thought. And, cool. and then you were mentioning what it actually is. And I was like, wow. Okay. I was totally wrong. I thought all these, these facilities were just throwing pollution and smoke into the environment. What, what is that actually?
2: Yeah, it's a little concerning when you look at your hospital window and you just see this giant plume of you know stuff coming past your your window and getting sucked back into your room. But it's just water vapor. So those are big cooling towers where heated water will come through these coils that are kind of like uh you know accordion across large you know and stacked across each other, and then they'll spray water over these coils to cool them down. And that's just the water coming in contact with that heated water and as it uh, just, you know, evap- evaporating. It's out. not
1: what I was making up in my mind, just pollution spraying into the into the air. Are there any others? Uh, there's a,
2: there's a, a common joke in in our industry where if you get somebody new or somebody who's uh, maybe fresh out of college, you'll be walking through these, you know, mechanical levels, and, you know, and there'll be like a big burst of this steam coming across and everyone will walk through it and then you'll turn around and say, Oh my God! Did you breathe that in? And the, every single time, their face is just—you know—it's—it's it's priceless.
1: <laughs> it's hazing in, yeah, the, it's in your in your it. world. <laughs> um, are there any other? I don't know. they are myths per se, but want things that you've learned that um, that you had no idea um, or that surprised you.
2: Yeah, I guess just the the technology that goes into managing. Uh, you know, airflow within a building, you know, is really surprising. And then some of the new energy efficient efficient um, mach- uh, machinery, I guess, that goes into recapturing heat that was previously lost out of out of both out of buildings and out of you know water systems is is pretty impressive. One of the new um, uh, there's an architect firm down here that we're we're building their new office um, called PAE. They're building a building called a living building, which is a net producer of uh, clean energy and water and, uh, it's going to be the largest living building in the world and it's being built down here in, uh, in downtown Portland. But the systems they're putting in, um, uh, you know, they're handling like sewage treatment on site, you know, and they're handling water treatment and gray water treatment on site, which is, uh, not something that you would ever think about where, you know, and, and there's a lot of places where, you know, even you have a large facility. It may be beneficial for you to recycle your own water on site and use it for, you know, irrigation or something like that.
1: Yeah. Why are they doing it? Is it, uh, is it? I'm assuming it's just gonna. It's also going to be more costly to do that too in in the short term, right?
2: Yeah, you see a lot of these systems are uh, a lot more costly upfront, but the long term payout is actually a lot more positive.
1: Talk about airflow. You're mentioning airflow. I mean that. Really, that doesn't enter into most people's minds, but now, when we are talking uh pandemic, it's on everyone's minds, right? right yeah, so you it sounds like you know the company has been you know has this and knows the like kind of the most cutting edge technologies and how to manage this. What have you heard or have you seen um, facilities call you to help with this particular these issues? Right now,
2: yeah, I know when it with it, when this all first started, a big um you know there's been a big push for energy savings in the in the past few in the past decades or so leading up to this, and so what one of the ways they do that is they just recycle the air that's in your current space, right they suck it out through your return air. Add some new outside air, mix it together, heat it back up, and then you know, and then put it back into your building. Well, with COVID, it's just, especially in a hospital or something like that, it's just you don't want to have as much of that recirculation of air. So, got a lot of calls to just, hey, let's change these um, HVAC unit, the mix of air to be more outside air. And so they call them, you know, it's called the OSA settings. They said, oh, increase the OSA setting so that we get more fresh air in here. We're not recirculating this you know, airborne virus. And then um we finally, you know, changed a lot of these settings. And then uh you know the fires happened in Oregon at the end of summer. And so we were sucking in all of the smoke from the outside air mm-hmm. into all these spaces. And that's when we really started looking at, hey, what are some additional, what's some additional like emerging technology that can figure this out? And uh, there's a company that creates these things called dual ionizing field generators. And it's this small box that you put on your HVAC unit and it creates a uh, dual ionization field within your unit. So as the air passes through it, it charges the particles in your air, both positively and negatively. And when it gets dispersed in your area, it, all of those particles start sticking together uh, and finding other particles in the air and stick together. And they either are heavy enough to fall down out of the air or even heavy enough that
1: mm. uh, so you don't breathe can't. in some of these things that are not bad, you know, not good for you to breathe essentially.
2: Right. And you know, a virus can pass through most, you know, most filtration, right. Cause it's so small, but this dual ionization causes it to stick with particles that are larger and fall out of the air.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's all, I mean, it's, I did they show you, uh, give you an example display in like magnification, like what it actually looks like? Because obviously we can't see in the naked. That'd be kind of cool to see in the naked eye. You see this virus come in and it all attaches and it drops to the ground. <laughs> you yeah. just, it's like you're in a war zone of viruses. They're just like, you know, dropping to the ground. Did they, did you see anything like that of what that actually looks like under? Yeah. And
2: you know? it looks like straight magic, first off. You know, when we're looking at this technology, it's a little expensive. And, you know, when we're reading all the technical specifications, like all these, you know, it's just a bunch of words and diagrams and all that stuff. And then um, they're like, oh, let's show you this video. And they have this big, huge glass jar. It's like, you know, this huge glass jar. And it's just full of black smoke. Just you can't see through it. It's just full of smoke. And they attach this device to the top and they turn it on. And it literally this fast, the smoke just. Wow. Gone. Out of it. And uh, I just remember looking at it, I was like, that's not real. You know, like, you should be leading with this. Like, this is,
1: right. this is what everybody needs to see. The rest of the hour of you telling me charts, just show me the show me the display. Yeah. What was it called
2: again? The Dual, ion, the dual Ionizing Field Generator. Yeah. You know, the company that we purchased it from kind of uh, escapes me at the
1: moment. Yeah, no, no, that's cool. The Dual Ionizing Field Generator. I'm like, I need one for my house now. I, mean, no, I mean,
2: you can get one there, maybe 800 bucks or so. Okay. But it's pretty easy. It's just, you know, for residential ones, it just has the magnet that just sticks to the side of your unit.
1: I love it. Um, ben, I want to say thank you. I want to point people towards the website, uh, Total Me- you know, totalmechanical.com. Check out more. Check out more episodes of the podcast. Check out Sweet Process. And Ben, I'm only the first one to thank you. Uh, thanks, everyone. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Process Breakdown Podcast. Before you go, quick question. Do you want a tool that makes it easy to document processes, procedures, and or policies for your company so that your employees have all the information they need to be successful at their job? If yes, sign up for a free 14-day trial of Sweet Process. No credit card is required to sign up. Go to sweetprocess.com, sweet like candy, and process like process.com. Go now to sweetprocess.com and sign up for your risk-free 14-day trial.